Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email piercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, metalheads, after going to a rager, what's your ultimate go-to? Mine is totally pizza. So when Overload is playing or I'm promoting the Metal Forge Live showcases or the big goddamn metal show, I go to Pizza Donisi. Pizza Donisi is gourmet artisan pizza from right here in Louisville, Kentucky. It features things like the pizza of the month, the sandwiches, and also vegetarian and vegan options, which is so totally fucking cool for all, all of it's It's awesome pizza. You definitely want to go. Hey, and also, from time to time, they do cannolis. Oh, so fucking good. You know what they said, man. Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Yeah, just like that in Godfather. They're located right next to the Mag Bar at 1396 South 2nd Street. So either stop in or call in at 502-213-0488. They're open till midnight. The witching hour. Hey, metalheads, you all hear me talk about Magbar all the time. It is the home to the Metal Forge Live showcases and is an integral stop in the ultimate underground metal tour schedule. They obviously feature live music, but the Magbar also has daily specials like Pint and Slice Night on Tuesdays with Pizza Donisi. But they also do Bring Your Own Vinyl on Thursdays with DJ Kent Jackson. And Finer Things Sundays. Located right next to Pizza Donisi at 1398 South 2nd Street. Open 3 p.m. to 4 a.m. seven days a week. Get your asses out to the Mag Bar. Rock out. For 45 years in keeping Louisville weird, Electric Ladyland has been there for all your eccentricities. While they do offer the best smoking supplies out on the market today, there's a whole lot more to check out. From ashtrays and blacklight posters, to records, incense and burners, and items to stock your metaphysical supply. They're open from 10 to 10, seven days a week. Located at 2325 Bardstown Road in Louisville, Kentucky, and at electricladyland420.com. Roll out. 
the year was 1979, and all the world was caught up in disco and Star Wars. But in Louisville, something was happening. A young entrepreneur named Ben had a vision to be the best record store in all of the city. Fast forward to 2023, and Better Days Records is still going strong. Still, after all these years, owned by the same guy. We have had some trips and falls along the way, but so does life, and Better Days is here to stay. With two awesome locations at 921 Barrett Avenue and at 2600 West Broadway, Better Days are surely in your future. In a broken wasteland, I come to my fire. Blood and steel upon my fire. What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. How are you all today? Wow, man. This has been this year has just been going crazy fucking fast. Can't believe we're already in the second week of June, where my guest this week is Colin Stroop from the band Veleros. Another Portland band. Fucking right. Dude, like, I don't know what it is. Like, there's something in the water out there for sure, I think, you know? That in Pittsburgh seems like it has a crazy hopping fucking metal scene as well. So anyways, you know, Veleros, again, from Portland, Oregon, you know, they, they've got a progressive feel to them. They're a death feel. You know, they've got some pretty cool albums. This one uh, that we're going to be talking about today just recently came out back in May, and it's called Pantheon. And we will be hearing a song from that here in a few minutes. But, uh, so yeah, man, like, Jason and I have got some really cool fucking ideas, you know? Uh, just like, with everything that's been going on, you know, with the Flamekeeper uh, podcast deal, uh, that's been super fucking rad, you know? It's given me something else to look forward to. And with all the new sponsors, you know... The Metal Forge sponsors of like Magbar and Pizza Donisi and uh, Ageless Art Tattoo and Piercing. And then you've got the, the Flame Keeper sponsors of uh, Maxwell's House of Music, Better Days Records, and Electric Ladyland. Fucking right, man. This is this has been like super fucking cool to me to to be able to go through and get a lot of these awesome businesses from this area and this area meaning my area like Louisville and you know I'm putting the call out there for other people you know if you know us if you know a place that said would be great to advertise on the metal forge you know hit me up man and I did get some awesome uh, uh, bands hitting me up about the 
the the little call to action last week, you know, with um, you know, it, and still that's still going too. If you ha- uh, want your stuff in a store, if you have vinyl, even if you have CDs, you have patches, you have shirts, whatever. We're looking to put so much independent band merch in the Better Days Records store. So shoot me a message. Uh, hit me up on Facebook. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up an email. Do whatever you can. Get me this info so we can get you, you know, get your music here in Louisville and get you, you know, a bigger fan base. You know, maybe bring you into town and stuff like that. You know, we want to make this. This uh, is just as good as, like, you know, a Portland and a Pittsburgh and a Nashville and everywhere else. You know, we do have an awesome scene here in town. We've got some killer fucking bands here in Louisville. And I will totally go to bat for for all of them. Or every single one of them, you know. And, you know, personal differences aside over the years, that's, that's neither here nor there, you know. That's part of growing, I think, is, you know, seeing the... You know, the outpouring of support from your your peeps, you know, your friends, your peers, and all that. And then, you know, helping each other out. That's really what the big, the big awesome fucking thing about this is. You know, that's really what it should be. You know, just help each other out. Because, you know, we're all here, man. We're like... I don't know what's happened to me over the last year. I've been like, I've, I've like raged and raged and raged my entire life. And now I've kind of, I kind of feel like I've hit this moment where I, where some things have kind of clicked for me. You know, so that's pretty fucking cool. You know, but anyway, I'm rambling, yambling, what the fuck ever, you know. Let's, uh, Jason's actually not going to do a, uh, a heavy metal wasteland this week. Um. So, let's check in. Well, there's nothing really to check in with, is there? Uh, make sure you all are going to, the, uh, you know, subscribe to Patreon. You know, it's it's $1, 2 and $5 a month, whatever. You get uh, early access to all of the Flamekeeper networks. Uh, you get free download codes, uh, merch discounts, you know, all of that awesome, awesome stuff. So, like I said, it's uh, patreon.com slash flamekeeper, and obviously you can always go to metalforgeradio.com and get to the links and get to uh, all the sponsors and all of that awesomeness. So, fucking right, you know, uh, and I've been trying to plug this new uh, release schedule as much as I can, uh, which the Flamekeeper... Uh, network release schedule is the first Tuesday of the month is Jason Gardner's Alehorn podcast. The uh, third Tuesday of the month is the Mudhorn podcast with myself and Jason in the nerd talk. You know, kicking up old school nerdery here. Uh, obviously, every Friday is the Metal Forge. No matter you know, no matter what. I think I've only kind of had a couple of different things happen where I've had to postpone an episode or some shit like that. Uh, And believe me, you all have let me know. (laughs) Uh, Aside from that, and then uh, the second Saturday of the month is Jason Gardner's Unsleeved. And then the the fourth Saturday of the month is the Metal Forge Unsleeved. You know, and I've got some really cool episodes coming up. I've already got some... uh, 
I've already got my June episode done, and I've, I'm already working on July for you all, and maybe even the August episode already. I've got so many cool things coming up for my Unsleeved, and a few other ideas in the fire for some YouTube video content, and, and so on and so forth, and we're still looking at possibly getting a couple video Metal Forges set up. How fucking awesome would that be? That would totally be rad to be able to do this as video and an audio podcast, you know. Hell fucking right, yeah, man. So let's go ahead and get into Veleros and their album Pantheon, which came out May 1st of 2023 and is completely independent and independently done. So we're going to start off with Nemesis. Oh, 
What is the fuck up, metalheads? We are back this week with a Portland band, and you all know how much I love the Portland music scene. It's like, I feel the calling that, like, I should move out there. And then all of the bands would immediately quit <laughs> because that's just my luck, you know, or they would all move, you know. But anyways, I have Mr. Colin Stroop from the band Veloros. That's it, Veloros. Dude, me. what is up? What's up? How's it going, man? It is going. Like, like I said, you know, you're in the Portland area and you all have a fucking ridiculous scene there. The Portland scene is great. Not, not, I mean, not just like the metal scene, but just the local music scene is bumping. And I don't know if that's just a history of Portland and just kind of being a hub for like artistic people, but man, it, it's it's fire out there. It's good stuff. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, like it's all it's like fish in a barrel. Really, you could probably name somebody in the metal scene, and they've probably been on the show because you'll have. Uh, and even even transplants that have have lived across the country and now live in Portland have been on the show. So <laughs> Yeah. It, it's it, a mecca. It is. Like the the Portland scene, you know, uh Lisa Mann from White Crone and uh uh Splintered Throne, you know, she's she's awesome. She's, you know, in the metal and in the blues scene and all that shit too. But like, dude, like you all out there i mean it it almost feels like like california in the 80s to be honest yeah i could see that i mean there's a lot i think there's lots of cool stuff that like i don't know if it's just and like everyone that i mean that we ever played shows with especially in the portland area like everyone's trying to help everyone out that's the really nice part there's not a lot of like I'm going to get mine and yeah, yeah. None of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and totally because that seems like, you know, I've seen shit like that in my own scene and it becomes very cannibalistic. You know, people tend to like not want to be around each other anymore. And then, that, you know, that's when you have the lull in, in the scene and in the show period. And then, and then all of a sudden, you'll have that high again. But yeah, I've noticed that with the Portland scene, everybody seems to support each other. And, you know, whether you, you know, you don't always have to have the same bands on every show. You don't have to have Solicitor, Soul Grinder, and uh, Time Rift playing on every show with each other because everybody right. supports one another. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, you're always going to have in the music industry, you're always going to have people that are. there's that shady sort of bit of people that kind of try to sneak in there and they're trying to get, you know, their middleman money and stuff. But Mm -hmm. I think as, as far as the musicians go and now that musicians are figuring out uh, overall that they can be their own like managers, be their own booking agents. And you don't have to have this middle person who isn't attached as much to the music that everyone just wants to lift each other up to do better and cooler stuff. Cause it's awesome when you succeed, but it's even maybe more cool when you see like your friends, like succeed even more. You're like, that's so good. Like those guys are great. It's nice to see good people have good things happen to them. Well, yeah, because you, you all out there are making it happen. You know, people like, like I said, if I didn't feel like something was going on and I'm not just saying in Portland, that whole like Northern California Oregon, Washington area 
is packed full of fucking awesome musicians right now. Uh, yeah, and it, 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 it even floods up into like Vancouver and shit with like the guys in Spell and you know all of those bands out there. You know, it's it's like you all give a fuck about each other's game. Yeah, well, and I don't know if that I was thinking about that the other day too. Because um, one of the hardest parts about like playing shows regionally in in the Northwest is that things are pretty far apart. It's right. not like the East coast where you can like drive an hour and be like in another huge city. Mm-hmm. Like you got to make a trek. Like it's Portland, it's Seattle. It's like all the way down to like Oakland or it's like over to Salt Lake city or to like Boise. Right. Like you're kind of covering this whole half, like a third of the country. Yeah. It's pretty wild. And you're looking at like, you know, Billings is probably one of the big, the other big places that you all would play out there. And that's, you know Montana, that's a, even. And that's yeah, a that's trek. a ways away. Yeah, and that's a huge fucking trek. Yeah, and so it's it's wild that yeah that like I think you all have the same issue there of what the Southwest United States has places like Texas, like on West Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Nevada. You know where it's just like. You've got some metroplexes, yeah, but you're yeah. not, you know, whatever, whatever the next truth or consequences, somebody's going to play at the little shithole hole in the wall bar and it's yeah. going to be six hours away for probably the same amount of money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. hundred bucks. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, free drinks, free drinks, drink tickets and <laughs> yeah, two drink tickets each. Yep, two drink tickets each. You know, that was one of the things I always, like, somebody keeps telling me, it's like, man, you should open a fucking live music venue. I was like, dude, if I was my age 40 years ago, I I would definitely do it. Because, you know, the the inflation cost. And in business, it seems like it's been a lot more. You You know, you're not going to, you know, you're not doing the 300% in the consumer base, but you know, when buying your fucking property and, and your tax and, yeah. and licensing, yeah, seems like it'd be a fucking a million dollar investment easy on anything. Oh, totally. So yeah, I totally wouldn't want to do that because it's like the most fucked up thing is, is like the cheapest part of your business that you have to purchase is the fucking alcohol. Yeah, right. Because they're, everybody's on a fucking deal, like, for a sponsorship. Oh, you carry all the fucking Miller products, and we'll give it to you at fucking 40% off. Yeah, so you yeah. you got this fucking high profit margin on it. And, <laughs> and it's literally the reason why you're open. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah. it's all the bureaucratic shit, is what. So, yeah. Now that you've seen how the the metal forge just goes off the fucking rails on, hey, that's on how we do just it. a bullshit like, hey man, what what is it with fucking port? You know, on that question, that uh-huh. like that's pretty much how the show is. So that's yeah. great, and I, I'm, I'm I'm all about it, and yeah, I I love that because it's it's not a typical like, how did you get started interview? You yeah, know? a real a real a real deep dive, but. It is the time for that question. Bring it on. Tell me about Veloros, because the way I'm looking at it here on the Metal Archives, and I always go through the spiel, and I'm not going to do it this time because they they get a lot of shit wrong. Oh, no. So, so 
this is telling that you all started in roughly about 2012. And I think that is should that sounds right. And you released your first full-length album in 2015 called The Gilded Age. Yeah. March so, of 2015. That's a while ago. Wow. Dude, eight years since your first album. Now, yeah, because they do have a lot of patchy information, because just like Wikipedia, it is edited by us. You know, the, the musicians yeah, yeah. out there, so I can edit shit. Now... How did Veloros come to be? Veloros, uh, well, I think the core writing group of Veloros was and is myself and the other guitar player and vocalist, uh, Thelonious. So Theo and I are both originally from Wyoming, different small towns in Wyoming, and we decided to escape to try to start because there's not much of a scene in Wyoming for the for metal. What part if of you Wyoming play, maybe, are you from? Uh, I'm from North Central Wyoming. We both are like from the kind of Sheridan Buffalo uh, Bighorn Mountain area. Okay. So, yeah. So which is like smack dab in the center of Wyoming. It's like a two hour drive to Billings, Montana. We were just talking about Billings earlier. Yeah. That's just up the road. Just up the road. So ways. you say um, the Bighorn Mountain. Yeah. The battlefield. It's just up the road. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so that's I've been where. There. Oh, very cool. Yeah. I, I was probably about eight or no, probably about 10 years old. And my oh, family yeah. went on a, we went on a summer vacation and mm-hmm. it was the craziest fucking thing in the world that year. So. Yeah. It's. We were supposed to go at the end, like the memorial, go on Memorial Day weekend and drive and we're going to be there for two weeks. But it snowed. Mm-hmm. And the park wasn't open at Yellowstone, and we had to adjust. So we went to the August, and when we were there, it was snowing in August. And I was like, Mother. "Yeah!" And it's it's wild to see snow at the end of May at a place yeah. where you're going, and then in August. So I always have <laughs> it in my head that Wyoming is this magical place, like Canada, that snows ten months out of the year. It definitely can. It's a crazy place, man. Weather-wise, it's pretty insane. Um, but yeah, so yeah, just uh, uh, yeah, the the Bighorn Mountains there, the edge of the Rocky Mountains, and then we we got out to Portland, and we in a couple different bands with a couple different people, and then uh, we sort of got this lineup when we met um, our our former bass player Adam who's just a monster when we were recording our demos for what would become the Gilded Age. He was just a, a you know a friend of a friend who was like hanging out and we didn't really have a, a full-time drummer uh, or a bass player. We kind of had um, just like a session sort of thing on our demo but then we find Adam and then Adam's like well I'm really good friends with this guy Scott Walker and Scott and we knew Scott and Adam were both in um, a band called As I Lie Beneath, which is a crazy like tech death band, um, and but that had kind of like or or those who lie beneath is what it's called. Um, but yeah, they had stopped touring for a while, um, and then we just ended up snaking them. And but then Scott ended up not being able to do it, and we're like, oh man. And then we found this other great drummer. Like I don't, we got so lucky with the drummers because we play stuff that's pretty technically fast. You really got to have like that that 
low-end lockdown. So we found this guy named Jason Borden, and he ended up doing our first record, The Gilded Age, and he went on to play with, like, Jungle Rod and a couple of people, but he's just another, like, Oregon dude. Yeah, he's dope, man. Dude, I'm, like, looking at his credits on here, and it is insane. Oh, yeah. There's, like, 20 fucking bands listed. Yeah, and, and uh, it looks like you've had a was, run of bass uh, players too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a couple bass players. Um, Adam. Yeah, Adam was great. Eric was great. Yeah, it was just like everyone kind of, you know, we were all. I think by the time we were cooking pretty well in Veloros, like everyone's like, you know, mid twenties and older. So you know, you know, someone's got a kid and they got to do this, or someone's going to go move for a job. So you know, life stuff happens, but. And then also, you just want to have your band members like be cool. Yeah, like it's easy to find it's it's easy to find a good player, but it's hard to find a good player who's like gets along with everyone and is easygoing and Very doesn't much. freak out at stuff. Yeah. Very much. That's why I love three piece bands <laughs> because it's never it's never like James and Lars. You know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's like. You have your three guys, and you're all yeah. you're all equal parts, and you're all pulling your own weight. And it's like these these two aren't conspiring against these two. It's like I'm gonna take yeah. over the ba-. you know when you do have shit like that happen. Yeah, we all have that shit happen. That's oh with, for sure. So, but with 2012, and I understand like the first deal when bands first get together because I'm a musician as well. And how it does mm-hmm. take some time to to say, all right, this is how I need to do this, this is the first album. So 2015, totally cool. So eight years, though. Eight years, but, yeah. But no other releases are listed. Were there other releases? Did you all release any singles? Did you all do any covers and put them out? Because uh, it seems yeah, like you all have been kind of quiet. <laughs> yeah, we have been kind of quiet. I think we were... Uh, you know, we were, we were still playing shows pretty regularly until you know, b- like around the you know, pandemic time, the dark times, and I and we were really yeah, the dark times, <laughs> and we were really prep. I like we had we recorded the drums like pre-COVID for what became Pantheon this album, and then you know we're getting ready to go in the studio, and then it was just like sh- everything sort of just grinded to a halt, and then you know I. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna. I went back to school. I just like graduated yesterday from my college. I was like, I'll go back to college, I guess, because we can't play any gigs. And then you know, our we have like a recording issue. Like we had a bunch of stuff recorded. We were ready to go. It got stolen out of our bass player's car. Oh, like fuck. two, like two months of tracking work. Oh no, which was. Which was not great, but luckily we had like some backup somewhere, but we still lost some stuff that had to be redone, but it was a trial. And I don't know if it was, because uh, we did the first uh, entire album all in the studio in a couple weeks at Interlace uh, in Portland with Stephen Hawks, who's just sick. And he's, he mixed and mastered this album as well. Um, but we recorded everything kind of all over the place here, and then we just sent him the stuff. Um, so I recorded the bass and the guitar and like the keyboards and auxiliary stuff. And we used Scott's drums that he recorded. And then Theo went to another studio in Portland and did his vocals. And I just did my vocals here. And then we put it all together and sent it off to get mixing. So it, I don't know if it takes longer because you are like, I can do it myself. I could do it anytime. Yes. And when you're in the studio, you're like, 
Fuck, I'm it's, paying for the, this. The clock is running. The, the ATM is being drawn right now. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what it is. And, it, and I think that's ultimately a reason why bands are taking longer to put things out. Now, of course, there is the inverse side of that where there's bands like Haunt with Trevor Church, you know, and I speak ridiculously so high of Trevor. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. I, I bring him up almost all the fucking time for this reason, but Athenar from midnight does the same thing. And, you know, they write and record everything and then they have live players. So for them, it's all streamlined. They're doing all of it. And they're really, if you notice, they release like, like, clockwork like trevor releases a lot of stuff and yeah yeah, so when you're doing a whole band yeah i think it is a little bit longer now but as and and as you said you recorded your your stuff there and your vocals there you you know you're actually on a 7b an sm7b mic so yeah you're totally yeah i've totally recorded fucking vocals here like you know the gang vocal stuff it's like I, oh yeah! I, I take like one sound baffle down and get a little echo, and then I just <laughs> scream from across the room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, perfect. And but that's awesome. And you already started to bring this up because that's the reason why we're here. And I am not prepared at fucking all for this. But um, I would like to first ask the question: How did you? Come with the name Pantheon for your next out al- for this album. Well, uh, for Pantheon, uh, it's because uh, lyrically each song is about where it's all about the Greek myths. So each track is kind of a different tale. Um, you know, we got uh, Hades, we got Poseidon, we got you know Medusa, we got the Hydra. There's all sorts of crazy mythological stories, uh, and we're kind of a you know, con- I don't know if it's a. It, I guess it's a concept album in that way. But we did the same thing with our previous album. Every uh, all the lyrics were kind of this like Wild West, Gold Rush sort of like mm-hmm. 1880s post Civil War sort of vibe. Um, and I think, at least for me, I, I don't really want to speak for Theo, but I mean Theo and I both write the vocals. Um, but it's way easier for me to write from like a point of view that is not me, and it's more like a narrative than like. Uh, I feel this. I do this. Yeah, I can't do it. It never comes out. It doesn't feel quite right. But I, and I like the idea, especially with the Greek myth stuff, where you can speak to bigger, not just like, oh, I feel sad. I feel angry. But it can be like this, you know, just a reckoning, like not, not am I angry? I am like, I am Poseidon. I am like bringing the sea down on this like town. Like that's gnarly. (laughs) That's, that's great. So that's awesome to know that. Because it's it's crazy when and and I saw a sponsored ad. I'm gonna I'm gonna let the cat out of the bag here. I saw a sponsored oh. ad on Facebook for your album. Okay, and sweet, it, and it's awesome. And I you know and I'm you know two thousand miles away from you. But yeah, yeah. because I have such a, a, an interest in like the Portland area, I think that's why it populated to me all the way out here. But I yeah. saw it and I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and, I was, and I was like, 
what what and because my band released our third album on uh february 23rd of 2013 with the title pantheon <laughs> no way what and i saw that and i was like i gotta ask what? him how he came up with the name <laughs> what? oh man and um it and it's it's great because i i'll tell you how i came up with it for me oh, oh yeah i'd love I, to know i had an image of of columns yeah hit, hit me up and i was and i thought of the roman numeral 3 with them and my band's mm-hmm. name is overload so what i was going to do was spell out overload between each of the columns like o v e r l o a d and just yeah, like yeah. make it a, like a like a backdrop thing and i was like holy shit that's a great idea and so i watched the 10 commandments Oh yeah, by Cecil B. DeMille, you know, with Charlton yeah. Heston and that's uh, right, and uh, Yule Brenner, and it was like a snow day, is what it was. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was like it was like super cold, and I was like under the cover watching this fucking like epic film, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, despite the fact of you know, if you don't, if you're not a Christian or whatever, you know, it's it's great film work, but oh, like. Yeah. And then that's when it all clicked with, like, the Pantheon idea for me was, like, okay, I've got to get on this, but it's got to be fucking epic. Yeah. And so doing the research, like, the 10-year battle of the gods, you know, on an Orthus and Olympus. and So, yeah, like... That's how it came about for me. <laughs> That's sick. But yeah, and of course, um, the the cover art is uh, is a severed Medusa's head. Yeah, dude. Yeah, and um, I will copy this and send it to you in the email. Oh, please do. Because yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. I yeah, I want to check that out. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so but eight years from that and then obviously you said that you all had lost like the hard drive because it was stolen which would fucking trip me out if you ever heard if you remembered what was there and if you yeah. ever heard like another band come out with it that would fucking trip me out and be like what the fuck <laughs> is this oh god that'd be so funny uh yeah, and I then don't... there'd uh, unfortunately there'd almost be like no no proof, no chain of like because oh, it's yeah. all digital, you know. Yeah. Oh, but uh, so the the album just came out in May, and yeah. So what is coming up next with Velaros? Are you all doing a? I mean, because I know this was more of a studio thing because now there's only three of you. Yeah. Are you all planning on getting like a live bass player or maybe going the Throne of Iron route and not having a bass player and going and doing live stuff? Uh I mean there isn't any plan right now to do that. We were talking the other day um because I had been I'd been back in Wyoming doing uh school, so I'm I'm still here right now, but the I think the plan we want we wanted to have 
you know, because it's great to have like an album release show, but just with the scheduling and stuff, it didn't really work. But I think finding a bass player, I would I would love to find an actual bass player because I would not call myself a bass player, though I did do the bass on the album. I think I came at it like a guitarist comes at the bass, and uh, I think a bass player. Like I think we were really spoiled that. with Adam because Adam is like he's in vitriol. He's just a tech deck. Like he's insane, dude. This right. guy's the he's great. He's yeah, he's great. And so I'm like, I don't think I could write parts that would be as good as an actual bass player could write. And I love that collaborative process of writing with Theo and Scott. And like, you just bring the riff, and then Theo puts something on it, and Scott puts the drums on it, and it's like, oh man, I think you become like the the sum is greater than all the parts individually type mm-hmm. of thing. So, yeah, I think finding a bass player would be great, but there are no current plans for shows, but man, it's so fun playing shows. I love shows. Definitely. And even if it's, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a 30 date tour. I mean, it, Oh yeah. And I think that's the ultimate deal these days with most musicians is a lot of us, you know, we might go out for two or three weekends every couple of months now. And, you know, you just, if you have friends in certain areas that'll lend you gear and then you can hit and fly into places, you know, and that would be cool. Or if you, you know, you, you just have a drummer that, you know, where if you play direct or anything like, Oh sure. Yeah. And and, which is a great thing to have as well. And then you could go anywhere and you just have a few extra bags or whatever, but yeah, that's totally cool and hopefully you know that you all do get something going on and because yeah yeah, shows are great and and it doesn't always have to be like i said a long ass tour yeah and i think uh i mean i play lots of genres of music but like i write and like i think i love the music like that i do in velros and like other types of music like that more um but like a metal show if people are like, I don't really listen to metal. I was like, you got to go to a metal show, and then you will listen to metal. It you, it does not. Tr- I mean, it's great on an album or a record, but man, in person, you you feel it. Yes. It hits you. I agree, and I feel the exact same way about uh, punk music. Punk yeah, on album is great if it's if it's in its element and it's like it's all live. You can and and you're listening to it on something like uh like vinyl, you know, like a a, a seven inch split or something back in the day, and mm-hmm. then yes, hardcore is the same way for me. You know, it's going to that show for that experience because there's nothing fucking like it. A metal yeah. show versus a hardcore show versus a fucking uh, you know just a you know like a, an oi punk fucking show. You know, just, yeah, or even fucking like. You know, if you took your first album, The Gilded Age, or um, uh, my band, uh, this band in Louisville, Stagecoach Inferno, you know, yeah. with them who did, you know, Wild West Metal, you know, type yeah. stuff. And that's even a different experience. So, yeah, it is oh, totally. an experience. Um, hopefully, yeah, you all will get something going soon. Because, fuck, I mean, it's the payoff. It is the payoff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it has been it has been really nice. It seems to be pretty well received. We've been getting lots of like really nice feedback from lots of places, and like doing this interview with you is really awesome. Oh, well, thank uh, you. <laughs> and like 
uh, you know, just the messages that people get when they're like they get on Bandcamp or wherever. It's really cool to be like people who remember the last one are like, w- I didn't know you guys were putting out another one. It's nice to be like, oh, they came back. <laughs> yes. They didn't forget. Right, right, right. And um, speaking of just because of the, the songs being their own things and tying yeah. together, um, mm-hmm. was it uh, always a consideration to do the albums in their entireties? Yes, I, I knew wa- it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Because it doesn't work if you leave out Zeus's song. I know they got. It's got to all be and like that's that played into like how the tracks are listed and I how you know a couple song certain songs end uh, in certain keys that go in like musically flow into the next song. Like it's all to be you. Uh, you should if you can listen to the whole thing at once. I mean they stand on their own, but I think. As one piece of art, cohesively, album as art, I'm all about it. I love the concept albums, but like any any uh, respectable rock guy would, gotta you gotta love the concept albums. Fuck yeah, man! Fuck yes. So it is time for derailed. We're gonna go ahead and switch over here. Five random questions from the interview decks, uh, from the pod decks interview decks. Not a sponsorship. They need to sponsor me. Um, yeah, sponsor them already. Yeah, for fuck's sake. So, five random questions. Whatever happens, happens. And Bring it. I'm going to start using more of these decks because some of them are getting a little old to me. Mm. So, we're bringing in a lot of topics, controversial topics. And I will fucking have to do like a PSA on this like every <laughs> show. Because uh, yeah. this first question from the How Dare You deck... Oh, what is your idea of good sex? Oh my goodness! <laughs> um, <laughs> holy schlamoli! Yeah, let's see. I have never asked a question like this on the show before. What's you my idea? I mean, you're breaking the cherry with this one. I'm a, I, I, I probably have like such a vanilla lame answer. I'm like a hopeless romantic sort of teddy bear kind of guy, even though I, you know, play in this metal band and yell. I think that's kind of common, though, with a lot of metal dudes that I know. Um, so I think it would just be uh, if if it's with someone you care about, it's going to be great. Right. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, like I agree like, with that. And, there's, and it's like so, there's such a scale. Like, I mean, it doesn't all it like it's not the same great every time there's different things that are great you know you gotta spice it up don't 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 just do the same thing every time that's lazy there's a time for that and there's a time to spice things up i think listen to the song from tenacious d called (laughs) fuck her hard it came out about 20 fucking years ago (laughs) yeah yeah you fuck her gently fuck her gently yes fuck her gently (laughs) you don't always have to fuck her hard Sometimes that's not right to do. <laughs> We're going to do this, right? This is like the text message. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, let's see. Uh, great uh, uh, great answer to that, yeah. Uh, thank you, thank I'm you. I'm not going to necessarily confirm nor deny the same, like, hopeless romantic teddy bear fucking thing. I, I've yeah. been known to be that guy, even though I'm fucking all tatted up and fucking look like fucking 
barf from space balls. <laughs> He's his own best friend. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, question two. Who do yes. you seek most for advice? Oh, probably. It's probably a tie between uh, my beautiful partner, uh, Karis, or my brother, Justin. Okay. He's my older he's my older brother by like 6 years. So sometimes, you know, I'll come to him and be like, "You you've got a couple years on me. What what's your take on this?" And he's always great uh cuz he he'll give you like the no sugar coated like this is what's up. And sometimes I, I think I would prefer if people did that than the opposite. Just yeah. just give it to me. Lay it out, man. Give it to me real. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's interesting to when you go in a, when you have a relationship with somebody like that where it has been such like a a sugar-coated thing and you're like, yeah, you know, you should probably do this, but it's what, you know, and you've got that deal going and then yeah. the bandage gets ripped off and truth starts showing and how you Yeah. Can, like kind of fucking turn on each other a lot of times yeah yeah because it's like yeah that's pretty fucking heavy dude so yeah i totally get that and you know the brother thing same Uh, i probably go to him like if it's like a a, uh like a financial like a job thing i'm like yeah what's up and and he's nine years older than me so i totally get oh yeah heck heck yeah um question three these are going okay. fast. Holy shit. Or it seems like they we're, are. Anyway. We're crushing them. Ah, question three. If peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter, what would it be called? Mm. <laughs> I want I want to say, but okay. So, but it's made of I peanuts. But it, 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 I, I want to say like, okay, I'm just going to say the first thing that popped in my head, which is nut grease. <laughs> that feels... Wrong and right at the same time. That sounds like a grindcore band. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Gene Simmons, and I am trademarking that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gene will take it. Don't let Gene get it. He probably already trademarked it while we were talking about it. Yeah. It, it's like, you know, this this episode was recorded like three weeks in advance, and he knew about it then. Yo, oh, God. <laughs> as soon as we said it, the Gene drew. He's omniscient. Yeah. <laughs> fucking that's exactly the uh the star trek episode where it's the fucking uh the being in the sky that's talking like the smoke (laughs) it's fucking gene simmons (laughs) it's gene (laughs) that's his uh omniscience (laughs) oh that's so good oh my gosh that uh mine (laughs) was uh uh, ground nut cream or some shit. Ooh, nut cream. Uh, but like That's... ground because peanuts are grown in the it's ground. It's ground. Yeah. So like, yeah, like ground nuts or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I don't. Oh, know. That's so good. <laughs> Which also, ironically, sounds like a ground grindcore band name. <laughs> That feels like you'd go to the grocery store and there's like the true value version of peanut butter and it would be ground nut cream. Uh, It'd be on the bottom shelf. It'd be 79 cents. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, that's... And it's just all separated. It's just the top and the bottom. It's just oil and like a 
one peanut on top of it. Uh, you know, like <laughs> I love almond butter. Mm. But I cannot fucking stand like the fucking like the stirrable kind with the oil in it where you have to mix it back up and it's always too runny. Yeah. And fucking like you get like you go to get like some of it and there's like too much oil in the bite because it's like all fucking sh- it's like what? No. So, all right, non-stirrable almond butter, yes. Um the next one, question four, uh, I am consulting another first here on the Metal Forge. This is the true crime deck. Okay. Uh, are you, do you, do you get into the true crime thing at all? Uh, I mean, I dabble. I wouldn't say. You're not a fangirl. I, I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not, you know, watching, uh, you <laughs> it's know, not just all the consuming. first, the first 48, this on repeat, you know, but I, I am familiar all right. Uh, so this question is, what's one murder that was too close to home for you? Ooh. Hmm. Trying to think. Oh, geez. I don't know. I feel like I've been so insulated in my real life from that. Um. What, like, what got me? I feel like I don't know if it's close to home, but like the ones I guess that's not really answering the question, but the ones that like get me are like anything involved with like young kids. Those are the most like messed up to me. Mm-hmm. But I don't and and I think maybe that's because there was like in uh the town that I'm from there was there was like a thing like that that happened and maybe that's why I'm like, oh man, yeah, that's super gnarly wow. and like I don't get as much like, you know, that like visceral, like, you know, horror movie thing where like, oh, this is insane. I love this. It's more like, I don't like that. That's awful. Right. <laughs> like, it's like that you get that aversion. And I right. think that's like the the true crime thing anyway is just like, I can't believe that like people can do that. Like, that's insane. That Like, that's also a human. But like, how is that even possible that you like did that? So, yeah, I guess that's my answer. That's kind of a rambling one. No, that's not really rambling at all because you do make great points because it's not like a horror movie when it when you know it's just gratuitous violence for the sake of you know yeah horrible things are happening to people that's just like why yeah. it's so why it's so hard to watch things like Breaking Bad and The Sopranos and mm. you know Better Call Saul because ultimately those are all bad fucking people. Yeah. Try to, you know, Tony Soprano is very sympathetic. You feel bad for him because he's just like fucking whatever, you know, spoiler alert. But if if it's 20 years later, um, (laughs) yeah, the the statute of limitations has dropped off on that one. With uh, Walter White, you know, you just want to feel bad for him because he's got cancer and he's just trying to provide for his family until you find out what an incredible fucking cocksucker this dude is. <laughs> yeah. Like, You're like, fuck. I don't know if I'm rooting for you anymore, man. This is right. gnarly. I am the one who knocks, you know? <laughs> fuck, dude. <laughs> it's well, like, we've gone a long way from just making money for the fam. Now I think you're finding that maybe you like it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, 
it's like the 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 people who who are attracted to serial killers be is it because oh, yeah. of beauty or because they're they're killers you know you because you get yeah. on what yeah that's the thing that gets me so that's a little bit yeah. of a rambling answer <laughs> yeah that, no that's good i like that too yeah uh so one more question but at, before we get to it as always links are listed below so please give a like a share and a follow go find these guys go buy their band stuff on Bandcamp. go buy shirts do whatever you can merch wise go go check them out buy albums because it's fucking how we make it in the fucking underground metal scene you know that absolutely i mean anybody who listens to this podcast already knows that and hopefully you know they'll they'll go out and they'll they'll come through for you guys because you're fucking awesome dude and yeah uh do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody before we go today um Oh geez, I, I would just want to shout out, uh, you know, uh, Scott and Theo and uh, Stefan Hawks for helping finish this record. He did a great mix master job. Um, and then I would maybe just shout out a couple other bands that, like I, uh, you know, that we have played a lot of shows with that are doing great things. Uh, there's a band called Vintersea, mm-hmm. uh, and they're on tour right now. I think they just were in Texas the other day, or something. I don't. Know, I might not get that correct, but they're kind of doing a West Coast tour. They just dropped an album. Um, they're super sick. A uh, female front uh, front woman just crushing it on cleans and I appreciate uh, you catching that. Yeah, I appreciate just absolutely. I appreciate huge. you catching that and and correcting that. That is a huge thing. And yeah, with, yeah. and here soon, I am going to um, to get together a roundtable discussion with some of the awesome women vocalists in in these metal bands. Yeah, yeah. And it'll be a special uh, episode of the Metal Forge. That'd be sick. Yeah, you should definitely hit them up. They're super nice. Uh, they played on our uh, Gilded Age like album release back in 2015, and they're still crushing it. I think they started about 2014. They're doing great things. Um, Were you all dressed yeah, as and then, soldiers? And then uh, uh, Adam, our old bass player, and uh, th- there's a band called Vitriol. that they're, they're on tour. I think they just did a tour with Obituary. They're he- they're They're sick. Um, check out Vitriol, just super punishing tech death. Um, if you liked Velros, but you it wasn't gnarly enough for you, you did <laughs> go check out go check out Vitriol, and you'll you'll be punished. The great, super nice dudes, great band, just insane technicality. I would, yeah, so I'll shout out Vinnerci and Vitriol. The the we'll keep it in the V's, baby. Hell yeah, man. And 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 that's how it's been on the Metal Forge these last few weeks. It's been the the uh, the V triad. There was VHS, there's Veloros, and there's Vansidian. You know, so fuck yeah. That's great. It's that's right. V ha ha ha. <laughs> We're know, holding down whatever. that end of the alphabet, baby. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're holding down the end of the alphabet. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And I'm not I'm not too far. I'm overload, so You're close, yeah. yeah. Kind of mid, but you know. Fuck yes. So, final question of the day is, we're going to end it on a little bit of a lighthearted thing here. Uh, Bring it. This is the the foodie deck. Ooh. Did you ever wait to try a a super, like, fad food, you know, that became, like, really trendy? Like, all of a sudden, quinoa became, like, super trendy uh, among, like, people our age. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you're you're close to, you know, your mid 30s to 40 ish. 
Yeah, yeah, 36. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the the I don't want to call ourselves millennials because I think we're pushing that. But <laughs> Yeah, we're on the edge. We're on the edge. Yeah, uh, but did you ever try wait on a on a like a super trendy food or, uh, or anything like that? Oh, man, I'm like... I am the most. I am. I am not the most, but I am a super picky eater. I think because I was forced to eat, like you know, um, I got to clean my plate as a kid. You know, clean, eat your broccoli, your asparagus, eat your vegetables, and I just like rebelled against that in my right. old age. Where I'm just like, I eat meat and potatoes. <laughs> I eat bread. <laughs> so I don't know if there was any fad that I like particularly like avoided. I will say, living in Portland. There is so much great food in Portland that, uh, and I think this is not just for food, but for everything. If something is super popular, I might avoid it just because of its popularity. Because I don't want to feel like I'm just a follower for no reason. That's and very then, metal of you, sir. Yeah, <laughs> very, very often. I mean, uh, at least fifty percent of the time, I'll have you know, I'll try it later or like a movie super popular or something and then like I don't know, it looks fine. And then I'll watch it later. I'm like, oh, it was really good. Man <laughs> I should <laughs> I, I should have just done Bad. it. Yeah, yeah. I totally well, did if, that if everyone Breaking talks Bad. about it, you're like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to watch it. Everyone's like, Oh, you gotta watch it. It's like, don't tell me what to do. I'll do it when I want to. Right. Like my thing with like like I said, you know, the breaking bad deal, I didn't watch it for fucking ever. And then like <laughs> I got fired from a job and it happens. Yeah. And it was the first time it had ever happened. Oh, damn. <laughs> so I, w- I made it till I was fucking 39 before I got fired from a job. <laughs> That's a pretty good run. <laughs> right. And, um, uh, and, uh, fuck that guy, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Fuck you guy. Um, anyways. So the funny thing about it was, it's like, I went back to where I had been working at a previous time in my life, right? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, and it was a little bit different. It wasn't like you know, like dating your ex kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't like that. It's like you, you've already been fucked over once. Things have changed. Yeah, things have changed. Yeah, I'm hopeless fucking romantic over here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and so the only fucking subscription service I had left was Netflix. Because I canceled every fucking thing else. Because yeah, I got to like, save some cash, man. Yeah, I got to yeah. save the cash because I don't know if I'm going to be able to make my fucking mortgage payment now. That's right. That's Even right. Even though and I started a job a week later. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's still that fucking like, all right, it's good. I, am I going to get fucked here? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Stand by. So I watched Breaking Bad through the winter, through like December and January. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and then I was just like completely fucked over by it like mentally oh yeah yeah it'll do that yeah man like and and i don't know (laughs) how we got on that from the super trendy food thing from the suit because i think it just oh yeah because it was a super trendy uh, show back when it ended like fucking like 10 years ago oh yeah yeah and i just never i was like dude fucking i don't care dude's a fucking meth fucking deal or whatever <laughs> fuck that yeah shit. Well, fuck meth you know i, yeah, I fucking hate totally it. you know i fucking yeah. hate it and it's just like no i don't want to fuck them. and then i fucking ended up watching it and i was like yeah and, they got you and ultimately saul goodman has has been my favorite character throughout the entire oh he's so good everything 
So. Yeah, Bob Odenkirk is fire. I oh, mean, there's yeah. a lot of great actors on that show, and I think that's why it works. It's like really good writing, really good acting, and it's like, man, in spite of all and- the... The shittiness of those like characters, you still like want to watch it. It's like that's that's something and, good, and that is the thing too. And and like the story continuity things, yeah, I love that. Like where you find out about the reason why the pizza isn't cut, yes, and, and you find out like you know you actually go back and you find out who Lalo is and mm-hmm. and all of that shit. Where fucking Saul's just like screaming in the desert. It was Lalo. <laughs> Or Ignacio, <laughs> Nacho. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. Dude, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. This has been fucking awesome. This is thanks for having me, man. This is episode. awesome. I've had a lot of fun. It's very fun. Uh, thanks for the opportunity to come chat with you. It's super dope. Fuck yeah, dude. On the way out today from Pantheon, what do you want to play out? Oh, man. Holy... What do we play him out with? Hit him, hit him with, hit him with that. Uh, we got to go the first or the last track. I don't know. Ooh, ooh, mm. ooh. So hit him. Oh, we'll, we'll Tarantino him. Hit him with the last track, and then when they like it, they got to go back and start at the beginning and make ooh, their way back to it. Hell yeah! So you heard him. This is from Villaros's new album Pantheon. This is Titans. Torment. Yeah. 
in 2017, one man's vision and passion for all things metal started out as a record store in his house. Years later, the fight against a mainstream empire continues as Shade Beast. An independent metal collective and online store based in Athens, Georgia, is the world's premier heavy metal brand for music heads that value authenticity over the mainstream acceptance. Featuring original t-shirts from some of the best underground artists, as well as stickers, posters from the Shade Beast Presents concert series. Unique, one-of-a-kind collectibles and small curated selection of vinyl and cassettes from the masters old and new. Visit ShadeBeast.com and enter promo code SITHLORD for free domestic shipping on your first order, whether you're a new customer or returning. And be sure to join the Shade Beast social groups on Facebook and the interwebs to keep up with the new release announcements and talk all things metal and Star Wars. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and filth. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? Then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. Hey everybody, let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. 
That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history, and speculation related to all things not of this world. Available now on Anchor, Spotify, Google, Amazon, and more. Set back, relax, and remember, if you have ghosts, you have everything. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Ageless Art, New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had a vision for a new type of tattoo studio. Something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road, New Albany, Indiana, 47150. Business hours are Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. Sundays are 12 to 6. All sessions are appointment only, so give them a call and go get you some new ink. Or if it's your first time, go get your first one, baby. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana is the premier 12,500 square foot music superstore that has served both Southern Indiana and Louisville, Kentucky metro area for over four decades. Originally founded by Marvin and Beverly Maxwell in the 70s, this gym remains a Maxwell family-owned business. Mark Maxwell, along with his business partner, Whitney McNichol, continued the reputation as being the national resource for all things music. In 2022, the iconic Guitar Emporium of Louisville relocated to Maxwell's Music, creating the largest independently owned showroom in the region. The retail offerings at Maxwell's Music includes a huge selection of guitars, basses, amplifiers, effects pedals, modeling amps, keyboards, drums, banjos, mandolins, ukuleles, sound systems, stage lighting equipment, and accessories. 
The music education program at Maxwell's is second to none. From private instrument and voice lessons to DJ, EDM, recording, songwriting, and music theory, to Rock School, Weekend Warriors, and Maxwell's Music Lab, there is something for every age and every ability level. Down in repair land, guitar and instrument repairs and refurbishment are taken care of by the Maxwell's team of expert guitar technicians and luthiers. They also do appraisals of instruments as well. Maxwell's offers installations for professional audio, visual, and lighting systems for schools, churches, clubs, VFWs, funeral homes, sports fields, and so much more. There's also rentable space at Maxwell's, from the music practice and rehearsal rooms for the individuals and bands, all the way to a meeting space and concert venue that seats up to 120. That also includes a professional audio, visual, and lighting system and a sound booth. Maxwell's has it all. All this plus original functioning 1947 recording booth to make your own record. Go to the Guitar Hero Throne, to the very own Elvis statue, and don't forget the Harmony Green Pocket Park. There's a reason the Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana has been recognized by the National Association of Music Merchants as a number one award-winning best store design, as well as top 100 music store year after year. You gotta see it to believe it. Maxwell's House of Music in Jeffersonville, Indiana. (laughs) 